Have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I recently saw a health video he made and I was surprised. He's in his 80s and still seems to have his energy and health. He says he's even stronger, has more stamina, and plenty of energy left over for his grandkids since making one simple health change that helps his digestion and nutrition. He says he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife made the same change and she's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger and she has energy all day. Many of us do not include the fruits, vegetables, and other herbs that increase health and energy in our own diets. Chuck Norris made a special video that explains how he incorporated these things with one simple product. You can watch it by going to mymorningkick.com forward slash Harris. It may change your approach to your own health. Once again, that's mymorningkick.com forward slash Harris. Hey guys, welcome to Conversations on Matter Podcast. I'm Bruce John Harris. I have been working today on an essay that I hope was going to be done, but it's not. And um, it's on the proposition nation and Christian nationalism. And it's a take that I don't think you've heard from anywhere else, at least I haven't. And I think it's going to be beneficial. I think it's going to show you what the root of this actual disagreement is over quote unquote Christian nationalism. And one thing that struck me today, which is one of the reasons I wanted to give you a short podcast tonight, is that I think Mike Pence and Donald Trump are on two different sides of this. And I'm and I'm not saying Christian nationalism per se on the surface. I'm saying the root issue here, which is I think the root issue is whether or not America or any nation in particular should define themselves uh, by any religion, uh, Christianity in this case, but whether uh, that's fundamental to national character and then whether or not religious views should be then administered to the rest of the population, even those who don't hold those religious views personally, but because they're part of or live in the boundaries of a country or a nation, or uh, in this case, the United States, they are subject to those those laws, those requirements. And, um, and and I think there's a one group saying that, no, we don't need that. We want universal principles uh, because that's what America is. It's, it's this idea. It's an abstract notion. It's liberty. It's uh, freedom. It's equality. That's what America is. And it's an idea. That's really what it is. And then on the other side, I think you have people saying, no, it's rooted. It's tangible. It's, it's a, you can feel it. It's, it, it's got, it speaks a language. It, it, um, there's a lineage involved. There's all these different uh, aspects that make up what a, um, a a nation is. And when you combine them all together and you look at them, religion's going to play a part in this. Now, I've said before, that doesn't mean every single person is necessarily a Christian. It just means there's a there's a tone set. There's laws are based upon a a certain foundation foundational moral structure that comes from a religion. It means that uh, social mores. I mean, we still see this at Christmas time. There's people who aren't even Christians. Well, they acknowledge Jesus. That you still hear uh, Christmas carols that acknowledge Jesus, at least in some places. And so, anyway, uh, we're, that's fading. But I think what the Christian nationalists, quote unquote, uh, are saying is that hey, religion is a fundamental, essential element of a nation, and. You can't escape it, and we want it to be Christian. It's going to be either Christian or something else. So we don't like the secular humanism woke stuff. Let's do Christianity. It's going to be better for everyone, even people who don't actually believe in Christianity. And uh, and so that that's the disagreement you have. One side being more rooted, something tangible, something uh, traditional, some, something that uh, has been 
uh, we, we can point to examples going back to the full lifespan of our country's existence, and we can say this was in effect, uh, this definitional. And then you have another side saying, no, it's all abstract concepts and freedom, and that's kind of malleable. It can change. Uh, now, of course, it's uh, same-sex marriage, as we'll look at today. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna examine, um, if, if we have time, we'll see how we, far we get. But I'm going to examine some Trump-Pence stuff, because Trump just announced he's running again. I listened to the whole thing. Pence has been making his way around doing CNN town halls. Why is he on CNN? That should give you a clue, honestly, that maybe this guy, uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, also on talk radio. And, and he's saying something that's different from Donald Trump, but I don't even think they would recognize the difference possibly between them. And it's, it actually though is a difference and it's a pretty fundamental one, but they were able to serve in the same administration. They were, they're in the same party. They have a lot of the same policies probably, but and at one point they definitely did. So what is it that separates them? And I think this it's it's becoming more and more of a dividing line, whether or not you believe in the proposition nation or you believe in uh, a very rooted, tangible, um, traditional kind of America. And, and and this will become more clear. I think the fog will lift when I'm able to get the essay out and show you some of these things. Um, I was reading a Bush speech today and an Obama speech and looking at how, wow, they both believed in this and they, they used this concept to push a different set of policies. But uh, anyway, I do digress. We're going to um, look at we're going to look at some stuff. Uh, first, I want to start here with what's in the news. This is a story from the Salt Lake Tribune. Mitt Romney joins bipartisan Senate majority to advance same-sex marriage bill with religious exemption amendment. And here's what Mitt Romney said. He said this. This legislation provides important protections for religious liberty measures, which are particularly important to protect the religious liberty or freedom, sorry, of our faith-based institutions. This legislation provides certainty to many LGBTQ Americans, and it signals that Congress and I esteem and love all of our fellow Americans equally. Now think about this. There's a bill. 62 to 37 have voted to begin debate. Twelve Republicans are already supporting this, apparently. And they want to make sure that religious liberty is protected. But think about it this way. Let's say it wasn't uh, same-sex marriage. Let's say it was something else. Let's say it was uh, interracial marriage, let's say. Would that make sense and say, well, look, if you have a religious exemption, you don't need to participate or recognize this because you have an excuse or you have a reason, a valid reason. If it really is, in the words of Mitt Romney, showing esteem and love for all Americans equally to, to vote for this, then wouldn't that mean that people who did not recognize same-sex marriage did not love all of our fellow Americans equally? You're literally saying, Mitt Romney's quote here is basically saying, we want to give an exemption for some institutions to hate. We want to make sure that religious institutions can still go on hating because uh, they don't love all, all, all our fellow Americans equally. And that's their right to not love them. Well, why is it their right and not the rights of others? So, so if you have a religious exception, that's the only thing. I mean, this is kicking the can down the road in the worst way, in the worst way. Uh, it's it doesn't make, make pragmatic sense because the activists aren't going to like Mitt Romney for this. They're going to still vote for the guy to the left who says, no, I'm going to force the churches. I'm going to force the bakers. Bake the cake. They're not going to – and this should just be a freedom of association thing. It, it shouldn't even have to be said, but that's that's another story. We're down the road, unfortunately, on this. And 
it, it should it, it should just be we don't provide services for people we don't want to provide services to. That should I know I know I'm getting into a, a different territory here when going this direction, but and I'm sounding like a, an old school American I guess, but uh, we're in this situation where if it's a fundamental right you have to provide the service and okay so how do we protect religious institutions well give them a pass to hate so uh that's where we're at and that this isn't going to stand obviously there's going to be another bill uh as the the country gets more and more uh progressive if you want to marxist they're going to end up making sure that uh religious institutions don't get that that exemption i i, I don't see another way so uh, this is the, uh, here's the thing that makes no sense. Well, it does, but it doesn't. I didn't realize it would be moving this fast. That That's the amazing thing to me is how fast things are actually moving here. This is a story, Fox News. Mormon church comes out in support of federal law protecting same-sex marriage. I'll minimize myself here so you can uh, see it. In an unexpected move, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints gave its support Tuesday to a proposal federal law that would recognize all legal marriages and codify marriages between same-sex couples. Wow. We believe it says this approach is the way forward, and we work together to preserve the principles and practices of religious freedom together with the rights of LGBTQ individuals. Much can be accomplished to heal relationships and foster greater understanding. Wow. Wow. Support for the Respect for Marriage Act. It's called the Respect for Marriage. Can you believe that? It's the Disrespect for Marriage Act. It's literally good, evil, evil, good. It is under consideration in Congress and the church's latest step to take more welcoming stance toward the LGBTQ community while holding firm to its belief that same-sex marriage relationships are sinful. Okay, you can't have the two. The bill is trying to have two things, religious liberty and sexual anarchy. Uh, and... And it is, look, just not sexual anarchy, John. Well, yeah, it's the, how else would you uh, frame it? I mean, if it's not between a man and a woman, and we throw out the definition, which is what you have to do, it can be anything at this point. It really can. There's nothing to prevent it from going in other directions. Why not, why two people? Why do, does age difference matter as long as there's consent? Uh, that's the standard. Then, you know, any consent should be acceptable. Can't animals even get their consent? I mean, this is kind of, uh, sounds uh, ridiculous now, but it won't as things move, uh, keep moving along. And, and we said this, I, I said this, even in 2015, this is going to open Pandora's box, and we already see it with the transgender issue. Okay, so support for uh, Respect for Marriage Act, that is uh, going through, and I don't see anything politically that's going to be able to stop it at this point. I mean, that's just the way it is. You need like a super majority in the House uh, to and, and they already passed, you know, a version of this. They just have to pass the Senate's edits um, or amendment to it. So amazing that Utah and the Mormon Church have caved on this. And you know, we can personally be against it, but uh, you know, we support the bill. We think that legally they should have the right. If, if legally it's recognized, then how come the church gets a bigot pass? That would be my question. Because that's what that's how you're buying into their complete paradigm when you do this. You have to be. They believe that it's bigoted to uh, oppose same-sex marriage. It's wrong in their mind, morally speaking. Now, I can make a great... The argument I've always made consistently is that, no, actually, there's a creative design here. God put it in place. He designed 
marriage for one man, one woman for life. And, uh, and, and procreation certainly part of this. It's definitional to it. Uh, there are just like people have medical conditions that prevent them from, uh, you know, running or walking or talking or doing things that a normal human body should be able to do. There are couples who can't have children. There's uh, couples who are infertile. There's couples who are past the age of bearing children. Doesn't mean they don't have a marriage. Uh, but uh, fundamentally speaking, the marriage itself, definitional to marriage, is the uh, the intention behind um, behind it, other than being a picture of Christ in the church, in the natural world, is to produce children. And so it's, it's not something that uh, can just be, it's not just an institution of man that they're trying to show. I, I saw this thing with Joe Rogan and Matt Walsh a few weeks, maybe it was a week ago. I think maybe it was a few days ago now. I don't know, things are running together. But essentially, Joe Rogan's trying to make this point. He's hammering Matt Walsh on it and saying, yeah, can it be uh, just an institution that man developed to promote a uh, promote relationships that are special, to showcase uh, how special this person is to me? And if you want to do it that way, then sure, okay, if that's true, why not 10 people? Why not? I mean, there isn't, there's obviously that there's a pattern in creation. There's something God created and it's families and marriage is the basis for this. And uh, anyway, I'm not really saying anything that most people in my audience don't already agree with. It's just, I'm just trying to point out that there's a consistency that we have. Those of us who believe what the word of God says and who can look with our eyeballs and see what happens in the natural world, it's not something that's a mystery to us. This is late stage empire falling stuff that we're engaging in here. And it's not going to go good for the United States. The farther down this rabbit hole, we, we keep going. Degeneracy is already abounding. It's, and, and by the way, it can get a lot worse. If you don't think it's bad now, or you think it's bad now, it can get a lot worse. And it will. So uh, how's that for a positive message? <laughs> it's just being honest. These are Republicans, though. I mean, and Mormons, uh, a Mormon. Oh, my goodness. Uh, th th this is uh, crazy. Now, speaking of Mormons, this was interesting to me. So, uh, I was, let's see here, listening to some stuff. Let's get rid of this and this. Uh, maybe we'll get to this. This is not related to the same-sex marriage stuff. So, we will go, uh, okay, here. Okay, I just, I, I thought this was this was interesting. Vody Bauckham on Glenn Beck. Now, by the way, Vody Bauckham did a great job on this interview, in my opinion. Great job. Uh, he just, he hit it out of the park. I thought that, uh, I thought Glenn was asking some very personal questions by the end of this that weren't even necessarily political. It was just he wanted to know because he respects Vody Bauckham. And Vody did um, talk about repentance and faith, the difference between law and gospel. I mean, he was able to mention things. Glenn didn't really take the bait. Glenn just um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is here, but um, I actually emailed Vody Bauckham though, and we'll see, maybe maybe he'll he'll give me some behind the scenes because I'm just curious. I'm like, Glenn Beck certainly has a respect for Vody. Is there, is, is there a uh, curiosity about uh, Christianity, true Christianity? I don't know. Anyway, Vody did a great job. Here's though what Glenn said, and this surprised me. This surprised me. I, I said on the air yeah. when we were debating sex, same-sex marriage, to me, as a more of a rights person, I don't, what do you do in your life is your life? Do not force my church to do what you want, and I won't force your church to do what you want, you know what I mean, uh, or what I want. Um, uh, but I said, 
this opens up the door. You can't say man and a woman and then not say man, woman, woman or woman, woman, woman. Right. You, you, everything is going to change and you will see pedophilia will start to be normalized. And they said, how dare you ever right. say that? Right. Right. That, no. And then we say, no, that's not what we're arguing. Yes. For. Yes. That's, you know, that, that whole slippery slope argument. Yeah. That's not what we're arguing for. We're just arguing for this, not that. But the implications are clear. And there was a case in New York. So, okay, this and Glenn goes off more about kind of how bad this is. Uh, but the reason I'm surprised is because here's Glenn from uh, nine years ago. You can't find a lot of honest brokers on the left. You really can't because they can't handle debate. You can't when you want to talk about gay marriage. Let's talk about gay marriage for a second. Let's just talk about this. I have... I don't care if somebody gets married. I really don't. If you get married, just don't destroy my marriage. Don't destroy my church. I don't care. I don't judge you. I don't I doesn't I don't want to be in your bedroom. And believe me, you don't want to be in my bedroom. No, that's true. It's really my I wife doesn't want to be in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be in my bedroom. I don't want to be in yours. I don't care what you do. However, Try to find somebody that will stand up for my, I'll stand up for your right. You want to, you want to, I have gay friends. We have gay employees. It doesn't matter to me. I'll stand up. I'll defend you. But will you defend me? Will you defend my belief? That's the problem. The answer to that is no. Is no. Do you know, do you have gay friends? No, yeah. I have gay friends. Do you hate them? Okay, so let's stop here. Glenn says, I, I remember listening to a show, and he said stuff like this all the time. Uh, so did Patton Stu. And it's essentially, though, what's the, the law that's being passed right now, it's essentially the same thing, what they're saying. I mean, and I mean, this law is meant to uh, be a protection, I guess, in case the Supreme Court decides, hey, we did uh, the Roe v. Wade, let's overturn Obergefell or something like that. So it's it's an extra security measure in place, but as and I I sense a difference here. Glenn Beck is, um, I I don't remember him talking about hey why can't it be, why can't it be more than one person? Why can't it be whatever you want it to be? He his concern, and this was when he was calling himself a libertarian. I don't know if he still does that. Was that uh, that he, this he didn't want the church force to do anything? Well, that's what this bill says. The church, hey, the church can. Church can be the bigots, I guess. The church doesn't have to recognize this. They have their religious freedom, but uh, but but people are, are uh, same-sex marriage is recognized federal on a federal level. So that would be, you would think that would be exactly what he's advocating here. But when he's talking to Vody Bonkham, it's a little bit, it's different. And I thought this was interesting uh, because he's, he does say, hey, I, I, initially he says at the time I was, uh, saying you can have your rights, but, and then he really made a big deal about if it can be anything, then it's, it's, uh, it's anarchy. And, and that, and that's just crazy. And we shouldn't, if you watch the whole thing, he talks about how crazy things are going and how bad it's getting. And same sex marriage would be one of the evidences of this. Okay. Sounding like a different person. Guess who else is sounding like a different person? Here is uh, Ben Shapiro. Uh, this is from November 16th. So today, but put aside the rule of construction, the thing that's really amazing to me is that it is now apparently the law of the land and societal rule 
that the only rationale that you would possibly have for saying that a marriage is between a man and a woman is because you're a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim. That's really the only reason at all. That the only reason, we'll allow you to have these crazy beliefs so long as you can show that they're crazy beliefs. So long as you can show that the reason that you believe that marriage is between a man and a woman is because you read it in a book and because you really believe the book. They keep saying sincere religious belief. I don't even know how you measure sincere religious belief. Are we going to like now monitor how often you go to church or to synagogue, whether you keep kosher or whether you take communion in order to determine your sincere? I mean, the same media that declares that Nancy Pelosi is a sincere religious believer who's just for the mass abortion of, of unborn children will declare that you, Matt Walsh, are not actively in, in favor of the things that you're in favor of. You're just a religious bigot. You're a bigot, right? And your religion is a cover for your bigotry. I'm, I'm highly annoyed by the constant derogation of non-religious arguments into religious arguments. And this is what the left loves to do. They like to say, you're pro-life. The reason you're pro-life is because of your, your crazy religion. And so maybe we can respect your crazy religion along those. That, that is not the argument for marriage. The argument for marriage has literally nothing to do with religion. You could be an, an, a visitor from, from Mars and, and you could see that all of human procreation relies on man, woman, child. This is not particularly difficult stuff. By essentially boxing in the argument in favor of traditional marriage into, well, if you're a crazy religious believer, maybe we'll let you have that. But, you know, if you're, if you're baking, a, if you're a cake baker, then we're not sure about that, right? I mean, like, we're not sure how far this, this religious liberty thing extends. What you're really doing is you're setting the ground game at same-sex marriage and traditional marriage are completely the same thing. And if you object to it, the only reason that we'll even allow you to do that is because of this crazy thing called religion. Okay, so very uh, down on this bill, <laughs> that because he doesn't like that exemption uh, that is purely religious, because he doesn't think it, it's it's an obvious thing. It shouldn't necessarily be unique to a religion. Now, this was Ben Shapiro uh, six years ago. Marriage is silly because I don't think that there's societal benefit to gay marriage. If you're going to make the argument that government should be involved in marriage at all, yeah. which is not even an argument with which I agree at this point. But it's the, way, it's the way it is right now. Right. So let's, let's just go from that, okay, so, that base. So before I get there, yeah. one quick point. The reason I want the government out of the business of marriage is because now that the government has enshrined gay marriage, the next step is going to be going to religious people and telling them they have to engage with same-sex weddings. So as a religious person, this is problematic to me. I want a society in which I can do what I want and I don't have to care what you think and you can do what you want and you don't have to care what I think. Right. That doesn't mean you get to come into my synagogue and get married. It also doesn't mean that I have to go to your gay wedding. Right. And right? That's so this a, is, see, that's an interesting place to. OK, I want to just say this. Both of these guys are not getting down on them at all. But this is the argument that helped take us here to this point we're at now. And I think now both of them are like, oh, no, <laughs> what have we done? what's they can see now where this is actually going and this is after a few years of transgender athletes business and uh i mean all the, the sexual anarchy that we've been seeing with uh, transgender you know library drag queen library hour and all the rest and i think they're seeing now this is the brave new world that six years ago that nine years ago we were uh we didn't expect to happen as this this soon and and at the time i i'm just telling you those of us who uh, were consistent Christians reading our Bibles, we could we could have told you easily. Uh, John MacArthur's been preaching on this since like the 80s or 90s. He, there's sermons you can go back in the archive where he's talking, usually uh, like Romans 1, he'll be talking about it's a degenerate uh, fall. Once you accept this form of evil, it opens the door for the next kind of evil. And this is why giving up on marriage in 2016 for conservatives, political conservatives, was a terrible idea. Now, that there's a bill being passed that will enshrine it on a federal level and give just a religious exemption for people who uh, institutions that don't want that in their you know they don't want to hire someone let's say who disagrees with their fundamental beliefs or something like that 
Now, all of a sudden, they're realizing, wait a minute, this is a problem. That's not going to hold up forever uh, under these circumstances. This is a, a tension that's going to have to go one way or the other. And and they're not sounding as libertarian today as they did. I mean, they're making arguments now from creation design. Both Glenn Beck and Ben Shapiro are talking about the way things actually are, the way things are designed to be. And if you deviate from that design or that definition, then it's opens it's anarchy. It opens the Pandora's box. It's it's obvious. Marriage should be obvious. They did they did not sound like that six years ago, nine years ago. They did not. I listened. I know. I, I mean, it's one of the reasons. So so it, it's just it's fascinating to me because I know like the Blaze and the Daily Wire uh, last or earlier this year were congratulating their official accounts on social media congratulating congratulating Dave Rubin for surrogate having a surrogate uh, ch- child. And uh, just, I mean, that was an endorsement on a certain level. I mean, they've already gone down this path uh, pretty far. And it's, and now I think some of them are seeing it and they kind of want to reel it back. That's how I'm interpreting this at least. And so I find it interesting and it's, it's not a see, I told you so moment. It's more of just a, uh, it's recognizing, I think that look, Christians who are reading their Bibles, who are consistent, who could see three steps down the road, we should listen to them. We should listen to those who are right. Think about those in your life who were telling you at those times, if you had people telling you that this was going to be a disaster and that would open Pandora's box. Whether you believe them or not, now you should recognize they knew something and they 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 are to be believed or at least give them a higher uh, a higher level of trust than the talking heads on the media who aren't Christians, who uh, seem to to be making these secular arguments and libertarian arguments, and now they have to retreat from those because they re- they're now living out the implications of those arguments, and they don't like it. Okay, well, uh, let's see. I wanted to get to this. <clears throat> get rid of the Ben Shapiro stuff here in Glenn Beck. Uh, okay, let's... Now, I don't know where I'm going to drop in on this, to be honest with you. I really don't. Um, so I'm going to just kind of randomly drop in. This is... Uh, oh, no, this is... These are people talking about Trump's speech. I don't want to hear people talking about Trump's speech. I want to, I'd rather, yeah, let's, let's get out of here. That's not what I wanted. Uh, let's see. I know Fox News had the full speech. <clears throat> okay, I think it's here. So let's, I don't know where I want to even jump in. Let's, uh, let's jump in towards the th- two thirds through this and just let, let's hear a little bit of Donald Trump's uh, announcement for running. For 2024, and then I'll compare what Mike Pence is saying, and I'll share with you some of my thoughts. This total breakdown of law and order—it was a total breakdown of law and order. I will restore public safety in American cities and other communities that need our help. And if they don't want our help, we're going to insist that they take our help this time, because you know the Democrat governors—these are all Democrat cities. The governors and mayors are supposed to ask for the help, and they would never ask for the help. And yet people are being shot and killed at random like nobody's ever seen before. And we sent in the National Guard in Minneapolis and in other places. In Seattle, we went in. Okay, I want you to just listen to how Trump talks. So you say, well, John, I've heard Trump talk before. Yeah, but just listen to it with fresh ears. How, how does he conceive of the world? And this is, if you listen to the whole thing, it's very fascinating to me, no matter what issue you pick that he talks about, it could be family, family stuff. He is so rooted and tangible with the way he talks about it, 
we're going to do the, we're going to help people is really his message. Uh, we're real life people who are living, trying to make a living in the United States. We want them to succeed. And this, these are the things we're going to do to help them succeed in the real world. 500 people with the drugs they sell, not to mention the destruction of families. But we're going to be asking everyone who sells drugs, gets caught selling drugs, to receive the death penalty for their heinous acts because... He's <laughs> like, he's willing to, to kill people over, the, over that issue because they're hurting people again. It's very tangible. Election and election process. And I'll get that job done. That's a very personal job for me. I take that very personally. All right, I'm going to stop here because there's there's so much we could talk about, but it, it's really basic stuff. It's it's almost an hour. Actually, it's over an hour. And it's Donald Trump talking about how and using metrics. Sometimes he's not exact with his numbers or anything, but he he's telling you, this is what I want to do for, for people, for real life people in this country. I love this country. I love the people here. Uh, they don't, these drugs are hurting them. We're going to stop that. Um, we're going to stop, uh, the, the, the trade deficits killing their jobs that I want them to be successful. I want them to be able to provide for their families. We're going to stop that. We're going to do, you know, all these things. So I want you now think about, um, well, and, and one last thing with this, with Donald Trump, uh, I'm not going to play it, but he, he says, we're, you know, we're going to do this for America. We're going to make it prosperous again and this and that and the other thing. And then, of course, leading up to we're going to make America great again. That's that's the thing with Donald Trump. He his slogan, he I think he really believes that is America's already America is it's a place. It's a people. That's what America is to Donald Trump. And to make it great again is to we're gonna we're gonna help the people in these tangible ways right it's really as simple as that that is different though from any other president in my lifetime and how they've campaigned i was thinking about it george w bush included it is so they talk about oh man i'm okay i'll tell you i'll tell you what they talk about after we we do this all right here's mike pence being asked about uh this isn't probably even the best clip but it, mike pence he's tripping over himself saying one thing in particular over and over and over in like this whole uh, town hall. And so he says it here as well. You know, it was, uh, it was a great honor for me to be a part of the Trump-Pence administration. I mean, in four short years, we rebuilt our military. We revived our economy. We unleashed American energy. We appointed conservatives to our courts at every level. Uh, but in, in the end, our administration did not end well. And I write about that in my book. But as I've traveled across the country over the last year and a half, one thing I've heard over and over again, whether it's at the grocery store in Indiana or traveling around the country, is people want us to get back to the policies of the Trump-Pence administration. They want to see America strong and prosperous and advancing the policies that we advanced that left America more secure and uh, 7 million American jobs created. Um, but the other thing that I've heard consistently is that... Uh, okay, so so, so he, he kind of tips his hat to the Trump stuff a bit. You know, people want to go back to that, the prosperity. And, 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 but even as he talks about it, he's got... It sounds fake because he's talking about, well, I've, a lot of politicians do this. When I was at the grocery store in little, you know, Norman Rockwell town or something, that's how they give you the feeling of, you know, they're just one of you. They're a regular Joe. 
Trump doesn't have to do that. Trump just is. He's just, he doesn't have to like talk about being at the grocery, because we know Trump's not at the grocery store, <laughs> right? So he, uh, he, someone else is at the grocery store for Trump, I guarantee it. So Trump has, doesn't have to throw these things out there, but Pence is still like a typical politician throwing that kind of stuff out there. Uh, that uh, And maybe he does go to the grocery store, I don't know, but it's it, it makes you it, it's supposed to, I think, in inside of you, make you think of uh, small town America, Americana f- type stuff and it make him more, um, you know, less uh, less distant, more personable, more relatable, all that. So he this is where the switch happens. See, see what happens when Mike Pence starts talking about what's really important to him here. Uh, the American people are looking for new leadership, leadership that will unite our country around our highest ideals, leadership that will reflect the civility and, uh, and respect that most Americans have for one another. You know, once you get out of politics, um, you learn pretty quickly that while our politics is very divided, uh, the American people actually get along pretty well every day. Uh, and, and treat each other with kindness and with decency and with respect. And, and so uh, I think in the days ahead, uh, whatever role I and my family play in the Republican Party, whether it's as a candidate or simply a part of the cause, I, I think we'll have better choices. Better choices. Than so- my old- okay, this is something he said on Sean Hannity when I was listening to the interview with him. All, constantly, he kept saying ideals all the time, and it, and it hit me. So... Mike Pence, when he's talking about respect and ideals and all these things, that's what lights him up. It and he 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 recognizes, yeah, there's policies that are hurting people, but what people really want is they want someone who's going to embody these ideals, and 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 look a certain way, and act a certain way, and present themselves a certain way. And this, I think gets to one of these divisions between Christian, that, that Christian nationalism is bringing up. It's not Christian nationalism per se, but it's this, this, uh, the, the proposition nation stuff. And, and it, this isn't a hundred percent directly related, but it, this is Mike Pence is talking like someone. And he definitely was using this language on Sean Hannity, uh, who, who believes in, in this proposition nation business where America is a set of ideals. America is this, uh, very, uh, think of like, uh, Plato's, Republic and, and this those world of forms like America is this perfect form that it has yet to realize uh, it, it hasn't yet to come into itself really but uh, but you get glimpses of it every now and then at the, at the shopping center you can you can see it you can see it in the people this glimpse of what America really is these high ideals and and uh, you know politics is just so bad it's so corrupt we all know it but what we need to do is inject it with those ideals and everything will be fine now first of all that's a this is a Norman Rockwell world figment at this point, we, maybe in some small towns. But wh- where are you talking about? I mean, people are divided now on the local level in in school board meetings in churches. They're divided. So what Mike Pence is talking about does not conform to reality. You know, people treat each other with respect. I mean, I guess they don't like in in most towns they're not shooting each other, but in the cities they are. So um, he's. He's trying to hearken back to something that I think nostalgia is going to pull you towards in a way, but it's it's not something that's a, a tangible. Uh, you know, th- there's no metric that you can really use for ideals. It's very hard to use a metric for that. It's uh, it's not something that you can measure, and it's it's not something that in and of itself brings success to Americans or makes them. 
makes their families more secure or helps parents pay for their children's college education or the, the very tangible things that Trump talks about throughout his entire speech. He doesn't, Trump doesn't talk about ideals. He doesn't talk about abstractions. He doesn't talk about, um, he doesn't even think of America in those terms in that way. He thinks of America as the people and the place and making that place as good as he possibly can, making the people as successful and prosperous as they possibly can. And Mike Pence, I think, thinks of America more as this noble ideal, this shining city, this uh, th- this place that um, it, it needs to, it's not like that, unfortunately, uh, right now in the political realm, and it needs to be brought into this. And so he's going to be the one to conform it to the ideal. And, and, and so it's not a, a, something that's measured. You can't uh, then he's not looking at America, I think, so much as a, a place and a people. People are comp- are part of it, people, but insofar as people embody the ideal, that's what makes them true Americans. That's what makes them part of America is when they show this dignity and respect. And uh, and you hear leftists talk about this. Obama did this all the time. He talked about ideals in, in these very high and 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 glowing, uh, high and glowing language. But when he talked about it, it was mostly equality that he was talking about, egalitarian equality. Those were the noble ideals. And for Republicans, it's generally freedom or liberty. Those are the terms they use. But either way, that's they're talking about conforming everything to this kind of like very vague abstraction that you can't use. Like I said, you can't use a, a, a metric on it at all. Trump isn't even in that lane, not even close. He doesn't even he doesn't talk like it really. It's all very, uh, it's, it's very particular for Trump. And so I, I think that this is going to be made more clear once I show you what I've been working on, uh, an essay I've been writing on this whole issue. Um, but it is, if you get these two categories in your mind and you realize, okay, there's some people who conceive of America differently than others, and Trump is a deviation from the presidents that we've had, in the way he views what America is and how to help America as a result of how, how he defines America, then I think it, it will make more sense why the whole Republican establishment is going to be lined up against him. And they were in 2016 as well. And the, and the Democrats. Um, it's, I'll put it this way. It is awfully con- convenient when you can conflate the purpose or function of a nation and then the definition of a nation. Because... which is what this essentially does. If the purpose of a nation or the function of a nation is to embody these ideals, and you can conflate that with the definition of a nation, which is its people and its place, then those who fail to participate in a national cause, whether it's like going to war or eliminating poverty or something like that, uh, or a virus, uh, their very identity then hangs in the balance. It's contingent on their compliance to the government. So an American is, is someone who values equality and obeys orders or values dignity or values uh, freedom and obeys orders. I mean, it, it makes your, your population more, I think, uh, docile. And then authentically, national characteristics, and, and this would include religion, that's where Christian nationalism comes in, but lineage, ownership, experience, language, tradition, all of these things are able to be cast aside when conflicts arise between them and politically uh, driven national purposes. So uh, we need to import this large group of people, you know, wait, hold on, but we have people here, right? That would be the, that's, well, that doesn't matter anymore because America is not 
a a it, lineage has nothing to do with it. A people group has nothing to do with it. It's all about uh, equality, or it's all about liberty and extending that as far as you possibly can. So we need to let these people in, right? Um, uh, I mean, under this logic, you could have a country in the Middle East that uh, takes, you know, accepts American form of government, democracy, or a Republican form of government, and you know, now they're we've we've planted, we've nation built, we've planted democracy there, but they don't. We don't think that they cease to be Iraqi or. They cease to be uh, Afghani or, or any like the people there. That now they're real Americans, but we treat them sort of that way. We we think we, we need to plan America over there. That's what they need. They need what we have, right? They need our ideals. They need our our system built on these principles. That's what's gonna that that's what's gonna uh, really help them out. And um and so and, and we're willing to sacrifice to that to to these ideals. So Trump doesn't think that way. His foreign that's why his foreign policy is different. That's why like every single. It's just it's clicked in my mind, like every single aspect of the way he thinks he he's not like these guys. He's not in this high and mighty idealistic world. He's more pragmatic and he's more um, just more of a realist, I suppose. All right. So I uh, figured I'd share with you that uh, eureka moment that I had uh, realizing and I kind of all, all knew this for a while, but I, I it's just uh, as I'm writing about it, it's making more and more sense to me. Uh, all right. Last but not least, someone wanted me to talk about this. Uh, Pastor Jamal Bryant uh, fully dismantles Herschel Walker. So this is a, a social justice. You can even see the fist in the in the uh, picture here. Uh, this is a social justice pastor. Let's see what he has to say. And citizens in Georgia should not vote for Herschel damn Walker. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Republican Party of Georgia moved Herschel Walker from Texas to Georgia so that he could run for Senate, it's because change was taking too fast in the post-antebellum South. The state had been flipped blue, and there are some principalities that were not prepared for a black man and a Jewish man to go to Senate at the exact same time. So they figured that they would delude us. There's there's no sources for any of this. This is just pure. I mean, even though the language he uses is so purposely chosen, post antebellum. Okay, well, I guess that's every every moment since the end of the Civil War. I guess you could. Okay, whatever. Post antebellum, and uh, and you know, getting into the motives. He questions motives right away here. That's you know such a you, you expect that from social justice advocates. That's they go right for the jugular most times. Uh, and but the, he just doesn't have a source for this. Uh, let's see if he gives one. It's because change was taking too fast. Oh, we already saw it, that. So they figured that they would delude us by picking somebody who they thought would, in fact, represent us better with a football than with a degree in philosophy. They thought we were so slow, that we were so stupid, that we would elect the lowest caricature of a stereotypical broken black man as opposed to somebody who is educated. This is kind of racist. I mean, it, uh, wouldn't if a white guy said this, that would be it, right? I mean, uh, the, the lowest character is a black guy throwing a football. Like, that's, that's, so, that's inferior. That's what he's saying. This is inferior. What he did with his life... Uh, is it's not in, it's it's inferior to someone like uh, Warnock who has a degree 
Oh my goodness. And I mean, you could flip this though. I could see a pastor saying like, we want, we, we want the guy who throws the football because the guy who got the degree, I mean, he went through the white man's system and he learned the white man's books and he did. I mean, I've heard that kind of thing before. So it's, it's very, it's just so funny. Like either it doesn't really matter what the scenario is there. Social justice warriors can find an angle to somehow make it uh, racist or oppressive or something. And erudite and focused. Y'all ain't ready for me today. Since Herschel Walker was 16 years old, white men been telling him what to do, telling him what school to go to, where to live, where to eat, where to buy a house, where to run, where to sit down, where to sleep, where to pay for abortions, where to buy a gun. And they, you think they not going to tell him how to vote? Okay, so Warnock literally went to university, though. I mean, it was... Is that I thought I thought that that was considered uh, the, the I better not say what I what I'm thinking. Uh, I just thought that there was a uh, an angle on that, that 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 would have been looked upon in 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 certain aspects of the black community as uh that was that would have been a stain on him or a mar on him or we would have had to look at him with suspicion for pursuing uh, that kind of thing. Maybe that's changed in certain. I don't know. But I, I just it's weird to me that like so throwing a football means you're controlled by a white person, but getting a degree doesn't. Why? That's that's what I'm trying to get at here. Like, what's the difference here that. In 2022, we don't need a walker. We need a runner. We need somebody who gonna run and tell the truth about January 6th. We need somebody. Okay, all right. So it's it's uh, it's working up the crowd now. But um, I mean, I, I would think that getting a degree that's with your mind. I mean, throwing a football it's physical, right? So he he on the one hand he's saying Walker's so dumb. You know, he, how dumb do they think we are? We're gonna vote for this dumb guy. And then on the on the, in the next, uh, and, and then he's saying that uh, the, the he, he's controlled. So he's so I guess that means he's dumb. So he's dumb. He's controlled by other people. So we want the guy that has an education, that has a degree, because that somehow means he's not controlled. But I would think throwing a football would be physical, and that you could still have a mind and think for yourself. Uh, whereas if you go to college, you're getting your mind filled for you with concepts. So, uh, it, it doesn't seem to, I don't know. This isn't very interesting to me. <laughs> let's see if we can get ahead and let's see if there's any other, uh, anything else here. This is, look, it, this is a show. This is a, a left-wing show. It looks like they play an interview from this particular pastor. So let's see if we can go to that. And statistically, the church was losing members. I, I, I brought all of my frailties and flaws to ministry, um, where a lot of preachers use the pulpit for witness protection. Mm. Uh, Say that again. <laughs> both witness protection. protection. Yeah. Wow. He said preachers use the pulpit for weakness protection. And I will go a step, a step deeper. Many... Christian evangelicals, including politicians, they utilize their faith for weakness protection. They're actually weak on the inside. They're currently at their core. Give you some information about Pastor Jamal Bryant. Okay, all right, all right. We're not going anywhere else on this. So 
I just find it interesting. Like this would be considered that's church, right? And that's fun. That's totally political, but there's not a, a, a concern about Christian nationalism here. There's not a concern about separation of church and state. It's fine. Fine to have a pastor do this from the pulpit to completely get into partisan political uh, politics and then turn around and the news anchor accuses the evangelical church of being weak, which, you know, probably yes, but not in the way he probably thinks of it because they're weak because I guess they're not engaging in social justice enough or something. Uh, that would mean they're strong. But uh, I don't know how how stre- much strength does it take to cater to the powers that be. Not much. I mean, you're going to get the applause of the world. So um, anyways, someone sent that to me, wanted me to comment on it. So there you go. I don't really have much else to say. It wasn't, it, it was uh, your standard fare, I suppose. But uh, that's what's going down in Georgia. All right. Well, uh, that's it for the podcast today. Hope that was helpful for some of you. More coming. God bless. Bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.